everybody and welcome to a new episode of Evie's Korean Drama Podcast Show. My name is Evie, I'm your host, and I am a K-drama obsessive. So this is the show where I waffle on about all of the K-drama that I love. If you'd like to support the show, you can check out my Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Evie Korean Drama Podcast. There you will find extra podcast episodes and updates on what I'm watching at the moment. Also, just before I get started, please be warned that I do swear a little bit on this show when I get excited. And when I'm talking about K-drama, I always get excited. Alright, so I thank you very, very much for listening and let's get on with the K-drama show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of my K-drama podcast show. Uh, Can you believe (laughs) that is the end of fucking 2021 already? I cannot believe that I'm doing another one of these end of year K-drama in review episodes. Um, Actually, (laughs) I feel very proud of myself. (laughs) So this is the third one of these that I've done, which means I think my podcast has been going for like just over two years or some shit. I'm so proud of myself. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Anyway, um, I guess I'll move on and do what I said I was going to do, which is review 2021. Um, So I watched a lot of K-dramas in 2021. I also watched a lot of dramas that weren't from 2021 and came out a lot earlier, but I am not going to be talking about those ones today because I actually watched so many that aired within 2021 that I feel like I have too much to talk about already. Is this episode going to be super, super long? I don't know. I haven't recorded it yet, but probably knowing me, I feel like long winded is my style. It's my thing. Is that good? I don't know. (laughs) Anyway, anyway, um, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk about all the K-drama that I even once, so I started a lot of drama this year, finished them. Some I didn't finish them, but I'm going to talk about them anyway in my list. And then at the very end, I've got a list of K-drama that is still like on my list to watch. So K-drama that came out in 2021 that I haven't had a chance yet to check out, but still want to. Because of course, like there's so much, right? There are so many dramas that come out in one year. I was about to say, it's not possible to watch them all. Maybe it is. Maybe you did. Wow. You should be proud. I didn't manage to do that. Um, but maybe next year, <laughs> who knows? Um, what I'm going to do is I've actually worked out this time, spent a bit of time putting them all into which months they came out. So I'm going to try and do them in order of how they aired, uh, which may not actually be the order of how I watch them because sometimes I might've watched a drama a couple of months after it aired, but whatever. I don't keep track of these things. I probably should because my life would be a lot easier when I sit down to do an episode like this instead of trawling through like, I don't know, every kind of site ever to try and figure out what dramas even came out this year and which ones I watched. Um, so hopefully I haven't missed anything. Maybe I have, probably I have, um, but I'm going to do my best. I'm actually going to start with some December 2020 dramas, which you might think, that's weird. Why are you doing that? (laughs) But they kind of came out um, in, like they started airing in, in December 2020 and, you know, went over into the new year. So 
you know, the bulk of these dramas actually aired in 2021, which means they weren't caught up in my, you know, last year's sort of end of year review. I didn't touch on them in that. So I thought, why the fuck not? This is my K-drama podcast and apparently I can do what I like. So this is what I'm going to do. Um, and I think I actually watched these ones a bit later uh, this year anyway, which, you know, who knows if that any of that made sense whatsoever, but I'm just going to get stuck into it and we'll give this a go and hopefully it'll be fun. Who knows? I think I'm going to have fun. That's for fucking sure. <laughs> All right, let's go. All right, so let's take a trip down memory lane back to December 2020 and Mr. Queen came out. Mr. Queen... I didn't watch it as it aired. I actually watched it later, but I'm just including it because most of it kind of was in, you know, it didn't finish airing until February 2021. Um, so Mr. Queen is a 20 episode fusion saga. So like time travel comedy. Uh, it's awesome. I feel like everyone's heard of this one, right? I think I've forgotten how to do these short reviews. I don't think short reviews or short chats is, is my style. <laughs> So anyway, um, the details of the drama is it's called Mr. Queen, uh, came out, finished around February 2021, 20 episodes. Uh, so this one stars the actress Shin Hye-son. Uh, Shin Hye-son was in Angel's Last Mission, Love. She was in Still 17, Stranger, a whole bunch of other things. I feel like Mr. Queen just like absolutely rocketed her, rocketed her into just like what is this woman going to do next? She's incredible. Like her performance, Shin Hye-son's performance in this drama was bonkers cool. Like she's so good. I loved her. Um, so the male lead in this one is played by the actor Kim Jong-hyun. And he, of course, played the second male lead in Crash Landing on You of you, on you. Um, and he's also from Welcome to Waikiki. And there's a whole bunch of other faces in this one as well, including um, this was the very first time that I, as a viewer, ever came across the actor Nanu, uh, who plays uh, the second male lead. And Nanu was also in River Where the Moon Rises. Um, so Mr. Queen, for me, I think this would be a standout. I don't know if you can count it as a standout of 2021 because it's probably, you know, technically 2020 drama, but whatever. Um, I loved it. I had so much fucking fun with this drama. And I think, I feel like it surprised me because I remember when it was coming out, it was coming out at the same time as another historical uh, royal secret inspector with Elle. Um, and Kwan Nara. And I was much more excited about the Royal Secret Inspector drama. And in the end, it was Mr. Queen that completely stole my heart. I found it very, very funny, really well put together, um, quite swoony and interesting. And the whole general concept was great. And I just wasn't sure if I was going to enjoy it the way that I did. Uh, so Mr. Queen, the general story, in case you haven't seen it, I feel like I feel like most K-drama lovers have seen this one. It's very, very popular. But basically, we have a cool modern-day manly chef played by the fantastic actor Che Jun hyok who I love. And he time travels for some random reason that I've forgotten back into the giant Joseon dynasty and ends up inside the woman of a body who... Wait, what? <laughs> inside the body of a woman? That's what I meant to say. Um, who is destined to marry the king of Joseon, the Joseon king. 
Uh, and they, you know, this this woman whose body he's inside is an absolute mortal enemy of the king. And, you know, it's just fucking hilarious. It's ridiculous, all the stuff that happens. And of course, you know, this woman who's got a man inside her in a time travel conscious sort of way, <laughs> subconscious way. Anyway, very hard to talk about this drama, um, ends up falling in love with the king who ends up falling in love with her. And there's all this complicated romance stuff because the king has a first love and, you know, this woman's body has in love with the king but also has a dude who's in love with her who hates the king. And then throughout all of this, like, just general romantic entanglements, we have political plots, lots of murdery plots, a lot of, like, you know, just general palace stuff, which I fucking love, by the way, in dramas. And on top of that... We have a, a chef from the future inside a woman's body and all the just very silly stuff um, that kind of comes out of that. What a fun drama. Um, I thought this one looked great. It's beautiful. It's put together well. And it was really funny, actually. Um, I really, really enjoyed it. And swoony and great. Just really great. All right. So that's kind of how I felt about, you know, the whole thing. That's the story. Um, so I'm going to try and keep these little trip down memory lanes <laughs> short because I have about a thousand to go through. Um, so I'm going to end each one with what was the one thing that stood out for me that I still think about when I think about this drama now. So definitely um, for me, it would be Shin Hyeson's performance. It was mind bogglingly good. Her facial expressions, like the way she swaggered around, like there was so much comedy in everything that she did. And she was just amazing. Like she was so, so good. So that's definitely the main thing for me. But I have to say, I'm just going to slip in a sneaky second thing. Um, I really, really like the actor Nanu who plays the second male lead in this drama. Um, I feel that probably a lot of other people who watch this did not like him, but I did. I loved him. I thought he was extremely handsome and cool, but also he was wearing one of like, he's, he plays like, um you know, like a royal officer guard sort of badass warrior dude. And he has a cool big hat and like, you know, the cool, you know, big gap thing and his uniform. And he just looks really cool. And I loved him and I loved his whole storyline. He's like, you know, pining secretly after the queen who's married to someone else. And I was just like, that's my jam right there. It's so like my style, what I love um, to my personal taste. And so I loved that. And that's still like, I feel other than the fact that just the whole drama was excellent and Shin Hyeson was beyond excellent. Um, for me, a big takeaway is discovering a new actor that I really like and looking forward to seeing him in other stuff, which I did later on in 2021. But I'll get to that soon. All right, that's all I'm going to say on Mr. Queen, uh, which was a 20 episode time slip comedy Joseon thingy my Bobby. All right. So next up on my list is another drama that came out in the very end of 2020, but carried across to 2021. And I'm just including it because I actually watched this one a lot later in 2021. But, you know, here it is on my, my list, I suppose. So <laughs> I'm talking about it. <laughs> this one's called Please Don't Date Him. Um, and is a 10 episode drama. Each episode was about an hour long. Please Don't Date Him. Why did I watch this one? For embarrassing reasons. So this is, it's just a fucking rom-com, I guess. What sort of, it's, it's really 
a story about a woman who goes through a breakup and has to pull the pieces of herself back together to get on with her life and, you know, gain confidence in herself again, which is cool. Uh, But it also has some weird ingredients like an intelligent fridge and stealing information and some stuff. (laughs) This drama was weird, you guys. It was really fucking weird. Um, Why I watched it is embarrassing, as I said. So why I watched this was because I discovered um, a very handsome actor, uh, Lee Doon-yong. Lee Doon-yong was in Imitation in 2021. And, you know, maybe when I finished Imitation, I was like, I just want to follow this man's face around K-Drama Land. What else has this man's face been in? He really has a nice face. So I followed his face to this drama and then I watched this drama. And when I finished this drama, I was like, I kind of wish I hadn't watched this drama. (laughs) It's such a weird one because I feel like, please don't date him. Which I might point out, I've done a huge episode on in uh, for my Patreon, um, so it is there if you want to listen to it, uh, where I go into detail about all the weirdness. But I feel like this show had so many ingredients to be good, and I think when I was watching it, it was good, but then I think it ended in such a stupid, bonkers way that it kind of... You know, if, if a show starts kind of shit but ends good, you, you walk away from that show being like, that's a good show. Was this show, I walked away being like, that's a fucking bonkers show. What the fuck was that show about? Other than Lee Doon Young's pretty face. I think mainly it was about his face, or at least for me. (laughs) All right. So what's the story? Um, The story, yeah, I just said it. It's this woman trying to get over her stuff and, you know, live a good life. And then there's also a fridge, an AI fridge. It's a refrigerator that's intelligent or some shit. (laughs) And Lee Doon-yong is there as a handsome firefighter who, I feel like he does fight a fire at one point, but I feel like he's more like the kind of dude who's going to get a kitten out of a tree and just, you know, look cute while he does it. So, yeah, weird drama. This one was a weird one for me. Um, So the casting is the lead actress is played by the actress. The lead actress (laughs) plays a character. (laughs) The... the fuck <laughs> sorry guys wow this is all over the place it's only the second drama oh my gosh so the lead actress is song hyun so song hyun has been in um she was in a drama called devilish charm with Che jin hok i really love Che jin hok so i watched half of that drama i loved it it was charming made no sense it was the dumbest thing i ever saw that made no sense she was great in it i really liked her in it uh but she probably i feel like listeners might know uh, this actress Song Ha-yoon better as um, If You've Seen Fight My Way. Um, that drama, which was a Park Soo-joon drama, um, that one, she played the second female lead who had her own kind of love story in it, in which her shit boyfriend treated her like shit. And I hated all of it. <laughs> I didn't hate that drama. That was a great drama. So yeah, that's her. She's great in this. Um, obviously, the male lead is Lee Jun-yong. Um, Lee Jun-yong? Yeah, Lee jun I think that's how you pronounce it who is a K-pop star, really ridiculously handsome, and is in imitation. Um, and then there's kind of two other women who are in it. There's like a, you know, the three girls are like bestest buds and do stuff. But the other actress that I'll mention is Gong Min Jong. And she, I loved her in this. She was great. She was so funny. And she just plays the main characters, one of her best friends. And the actress Gong Min Jong, I think listeners might know as um, Shin Mina's best friend in Hometown Cha Cha Cha, which is another really great 2021 drama. Um, so I like this actress. I like her a lot. I feel like 
she's a lot going for her. She's very, very charming. She was fantastic in this. All right. So generally how I felt was what a bonkers ending. Like just so fucking bonkers. It made no sense to me, but whatever. There was also a serial killer in here. Was it? I reckon there was probably someone got kidnapped. Who cares? Um, so the one thing that stood out for me other than what the fuck, it's about an intelligent fridge was, um, Lee Jun Yong's face is super handsome, but mainly, actually, probably the actress Gong Min Jong, who plays, you know, just one of the best friends. This, this is the actress from, uh, he plays Shin Mina's best friend in Hometown Cha Cha Cha. What a charming woman. She's so good. Um, and I loved in this drama, one of the things that I loved was uh, her character, uh, Gong Min Jong's character, plays um, someone who, you know, she owns like a health cafe. And all the characters are constantly in and out of this cafe. There's so many scenes of them talking in this cafe. And every time they come in, this uh, Gong Min Jong's character offers everyone like a health drink. And they always sound and look like the most disgusting thing that I have ever seen in my life. And I loved the way she's just consistently pushing them on people. And people are always like, and then they just sort of have to drink it. And there was one with like kind of wilted like asparagus sticking out of the top of like a poo colored drink. And there's just, and it's like curry flavored. And I was just like, Bleh. and I loved it. It was great. So I really enjoyed that aspect of it. And I also enjoyed Lee Jun Young's pretty face. Um, but that's it. <laughs> it was actually better than what I remember it being because the ending was just so whack. But whatever. That's all I'm going to say on please don't date him, which was a drama that happened to me. It happened to me. All right. So next up on my list is a K-drama that again started in December 2020, but came across into February 2021. This one is Secret Royal Inspector and is a 16 episode historical. Um, I feel that this one, this historical drama, you know, is set in Joseon times, but I do feel like it kind of straddles a line a little bit with a little bit of slapsticky sort of stuff, I reckon. Um, so this one stars uh, Kim, Kim Myung-soo, which is L. It's it's L with the dimples. I feel like everyone knows who that is. He's the main lead in this. It also has Kwonara as the female lead, and she played the second um, the second female lead in Itaewon Class. Um, is that actress? I can't say. Like, look, I don't know. It's always personal with this stuff. I totally know, but. I feel like Quanara is someone that I haven't quite got, like, you know, I just, I, I, she's not for me, I think, um, so far, uh, which is kind of sad because I feel like she's been cast in some interesting things, um, but, and I was really like, I wanted to, I was so excited about this drama. This is, this is why I watched it. So Royal Secret Inspector for me, I was looking forward to this so much that I, I didn't even try and start Mr. Queen. I was like, Mr. Queen looks stupid. I'm going to watch this one. But then, of course, in the end, Mr. Queen was amazing. Um, and in my opinion, Royal Secret Inspector was not for me. I didn't finish it. Um, not to get confused with that new one that's come out in 2021 at the very end, which is like Royal Secret Inspector and Joy or something. That's a different drama that I have not seen as I record this. Uh, but anyway, that's not what this is about. Uh, this one, um, Royal Secret Inspector also stars a few other familiar faces. So Ite Huan, who is the bodyguard dude in W, Two Worlds Apart, and the actor Yi Gong, who is um, in a shit ton of stuff, but particularly Welcome to Waikiki. Um, 
Yeah, I was so excited about this one. I just really, like, I feel like all throughout 2020, there just, there wasn't really any new historicals coming out. And I was, oh, I was desperate for them because I love historicals so much. So I'd watched heaps in 2020. I'd gone back and watched older ones, but this was one of the kind of new crop that were coming out. And I love secret inspectors. Like what a cool thing from history that is that the king would give someone, you know, usually from like, you know, a middling sort of background. So not even someone super powerful or high up and give them like the king's authority to go undercover in like, you know, rural districts in Joseon and investigate crime and corruption and that they would have their, you know, little fucking medallion thing to tell people what to do. And it's just so cool. Like my favorite things is basically history and detectives. And this is both of those things squished together. It, I just didn't enjoy this one. <laughs> I felt like it felt like it was okay, but I think I think the thing that really I'm trying to remember it was ages ago that I watched, obviously like a year. But I feel like the thing that really kind of was the last straw while I was watching it was that I feel like the romance moved really quick and suddenly that it was like they just didn't like each other, and then the next second, you know, I feel like he's staring at her longingly like he's in love with her. And I was like, hang on, I missed, I missed the in-between part where that was, you know, where that began. And yeah, I guess romance is such a big, important part of a story to me. And if you're going to put a romance into your story, then it should feel like, you know, if you're going to have people fall in love, I want to feel like they're actually falling in love, not like they're just characters that are written in a show and they're going to fall in love because that's the male lead and the female lead. Like that just doesn't do it for me. I also feel like maybe it was a bit too slapsticky for me. Um, and I didn't kind of get sucked into the story. And also, if I'm honest, maybe my expectations were too high and I sort of fucked it up for myself by wanting it to be this big epic kind of detective story about corruption in the Joseon dynasty. And what it was, was just a silly billy silly billy thing so that was kind of sad i do like l with his dimples and you know i'm trying to keep an open mind about Quanara. maybe maybe she'll grow on me um it's certainly happened before where i've had actors and actresses that i'm like oh no and then i watch them in something and i'm like yes please these people are incredible um so who knows maybe i'll change my mind but yeah i think i watched i think i might have watched five six episodes and i just I just found myself not invested. I just wasn't invested in the characters. And therefore, I feel like at the time I had, you know, quite a lot of stuff um, that I was watching. And I was like, you know, I'm not going to keep watching something that I just feel no emotional attachment to whatsoever. Um, and particularly because the romance didn't feel like what I wanted it to feel. Um, yeah, it just didn't work. So... The story, the story is about a detective guy, you know, he's a royal inspector and he goes undercover. That's all you need to know. <laughs> That's what it's about. Um, so the one thing that stood out for me in this drama was the fact that I didn't like it and I didn't watch it, I suppose. That's what I remember when I remember this show. Yep. That's it. All right. So that was me on Royal Secret Inspector. So next on my list of 2021 dramas is a drama called Sunbay Don't Put On That Lipstick, which hands down for me is the funniest fucking title ever of the whole year. It is the winner for the funniest title. And every single time I said it out loud, 
it made me giggle. And I refuse to talk about this drama by its boring other title, which is She Would Never Know. I know this drama as Sunbay, don't put on that lipstick, and not as the very boring She Would Never Know. So I love the title, love it. Uh, don't feel like I loved this drama though, sadly. <laughs> so this show is a 16 episode, I want to say, uh, I mean, it's a romance, right? And I feel like when I went into it, uh, why did I watch it? <laughs> Gosh, do I like literally only choose dramas because of the main male lead? <laughs> so embarrassing. Look, I really like the actor uh, Raoon. How do I pronounce his name in Korean? I don't know. Anyway, Raoon, Raoon. He's like a pop star. Um, and he was from Extraordinary You. Um, not a pop star, a K-pop star. Uh, from He was in Extraordinary You. And also in 2021, he was in... Um, what was it? King's Affection. Uh, he's really good. Um, also, this one stars Won jin -ah, who I very much so like. Uh, she is from Just Between Lovers, which, you know, ultimate favorite drama for me forever. And her performance in that is incredible. So I really, really like Won jin -ah. Um She also starred or had a had a role, had a starring role in the ensemble cast for the 2021 K-drama called Hellbound. Um, again, very good in that. I like her a lot. Um, um, this drama, hmm, I think the thing for me was I was, I think I thought it was like, just going to be a romance. And then when I started watching it, I just think I just couldn't quite get my head around what it was. Like, was it like, there was a point where I kind of figured, oh, this is just like a super soapy sort of, you know, romantic mellow. That's what this is. It's like, you know, you have fun because it's so soapy. And then it didn't have enough of that. Like once I settled into, oh, that's what this is. I felt like there was just so many scenes of everyone in the workplace, like doing actual work in the office and having actual work presentations and actual work meetings. And I was like, this makes me feel like I'm at work. Like, I don't want to watch these people working. I want to watch these people, you know, putting on their lipsticks on Bay or whatever the fuck. <laughs> Dating, basically. That's what I meant. Um, I wanted to watch the romantic entanglements only. Um, so I don't know, but I, I have to say this could be a personal thing because I have – there. <sighs> There are a lot of workplace like rom-coms in K-drama land, right? And I feel like my, and there's always exceptions to this. Of course there is. But I feel like personally, I don't tend to be drawn towards workplace rom-coms. And I get a bit bored of all the work stuff. I more prefer things not set in workplaces or at least where it's not like a huge, huge, huge focus. And in saying that, of course, there's exceptions to that. There's heaps of workplace dramas that I do like, but I feel like maybe that's just a fine line. Like, I don't mind if a workplace is the setting, but I don't actually want to see hours and hours of people doing actual work. I find that really boring. <laughs> so anyway, it was interesting. Basically, the story is Wong jin -ah's female lead. Um, you know, she works in a makeup company and she has a boyfriend who is her boss. He's like the manager and they have a secret office romance. And then um, this other dude kind of sees her and works really hard to get a job. This is uh, Raoon. He works really hard to get a job in the same company and he's just like, 
he's crazy for her and he's like he's you know he wants to date her and then his heart's broken because he realizes she's actually in a secret relationship with her boss um which is nothing wrong with that they're keeping it secret because they just don't want you know office gossip or whatever except that you know Raoon kind of realizes that uh, I think he realizes it first that the manager guy is actually engaged to like the owner of the whole company's sister. And, you know, he's kind of gunning for ambition and inheritance and taking over and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And he's kind of throwing his girlfriend under the bus. So Raoon kind of concocts this little plan after hitting on Won Jin Ah for ages, a little plan to make it so she realizes that her boyfriend is lying to her and cheating on her, basically. Um, and that in this scenario, she's the other woman, you know, the one that no one realizes exists. And she's, you know, obviously heartbroken. And then her and Raoon start like fake dating so that the manager will get angry or whatever, which, you know, I'm not opposed to any of that. That sounds like super soapy, right? It sounds like heaps of fun. Um, everyone in it's beautiful to look at. It's shot great. It's interesting. There's actually some side character romances that I felt pretty invested in and interested in kind of following through. Um, a lot of stuff that I really liked um, and I was sort of waiting to find out more about. Um, but like I said, I didn't finish this one. I ended up dropping it because... I think I got kind of bored. And also, I have to say, there was something about the male lead. Like, he's, you know, he's gorgeous, he's charming, he's, you know, from a really rich family, but he's making his own way. So he has everything. But then there was just this, this element to him when he was hitting on Won Jinnah's character that just felt and I hesitate to say this, but slightly aggressive to me. Like, I feel like, you know, when he says this really famous line, which is famous, I presume it's famous because it's what the whole drama is called. You know, he kind of just gets up in her face and he's like, sunbay, don't put on that lipstick. But anyway, the point is, he just gets up in her face about some stuff about like, you know, about how shit her boyfriend is and about him hitting on her. That just made me feel, ooh. And it's like, I don't mind that. I do not mind at all, like, that sort of thing in a male lead because I understand that characters, you know, to write a story about a character, a character should have flaws. They should do things that are wrong. Um, all that stuff is so interesting. And I have to say, like, and again, this is embarrassing. This is my taste in romance. Like from a, a romance fan perspective, I do tend to go for the more intense, like harder sort of, I don't want to say aggressive, but like sort of like male leads over the like real soft cutie pie ones. And I don't want that in real life. Like we're talking fantasy. Like I understand the difference. Like I do not want an aggressive, you know, dude in my real life. That's yuck. It's totally yuck. But on TV, I don't mind this. So like I have a real, like a, there's a weird thing in my head where I'm like, look, this male lead's a little bit aggressive. He's pushing her around a little bit. I understand that in real life, this is bad, but in this drama, you know, I'm into it. I'm really enjoying it. It's very swoony, whatever. But so it was kind of weird for me that I had this kind of thing in there where I was like, I just don't know about this dude. Um, but I think what it was, I'm trying to trying to imagine and also trying to remember, I think it's maybe that the drama sort of doesn't explore it. Like, I don't mind if a dude's a bit too much in a drama, the long as they then kind of look into that behavior. And, you know, I don't mean like call him out on it and be like, you know, whatever, but 
I guess as to a certain element explore why it's there. So this is really random. <laughs> But it makes me think, as I'm talking about this, it makes me think of a drama that, I, as I record this, I'm currently watching, which I think, if it remains as good as it is right now, will be my absolute fucking favorite drama of the entire year, if not fucking forever, um, which is a historical called The Red Sleeve. The Red Sleeve is romance to, like, it's fucking fantastic. I love this this drama so much. Um, so this one stars uh, Lee Se-young as the female lead and Lee Jun-ho as the male lead, who of course is from Just Between Lovers with Won Jin-ah, who's in bloody sunbay lipstick drama. Anyway, my whole point is, um, I do have a point, I promise, is in The Red Sleeve, there is, you know, there's, there's this big push and pull in the romance. It lasts for ages, but there's this scene in there where the king, Lee Jun-ho's character, the king, He's fucking aggressive. It's scary. Like, he puts his hand on her throat. Like, it's fucked. But there's all this this reason behind why his character might do that. Like, he's a king. He's grown up entitled. She's nobody. She's lowly. She doesn't have any standing or family or background. And she's defying him. And he is jealous and angry and he can't even get it into his head because no one says no to him and she has said no and also on top of that it's hurt his heart in a way that has never happened to him before and he's a fucking prince I said he was a king he's a prince whatever but like you know there's a level of power that comes with that that he could abuse that he nearly does but he doesn't so I feel like there's this huge well of reasons behind why this man that you really like does this thing that you feel really fucking uncomfortable watching but you understand where that comes from that makes sense to his upbringing his position her position what's going on in their romance and where they're at was this really long-winded I just I got started talking about a show that I really love so man I could talk about the red sleeve for fucking forever it's so good but anyway back to sunbay don't put on that lipstick like for instance I just feel like in this one it just gave me whiplash like I don't understand I I guess I was just like wow he's super aggressive and then he's super sweet and he's perfect and he's rich and great and is everything a woman could ever want but there was no like why did he do that? Like, what, what's going on with him? Like, and if there is something going on with him, then I'm cool with that. Like, I have no problem with that. Anyway, I watched this show like a year ago and I don't know. I think I watched about eight episodes, maybe. I don't really remember. I know that people have said it's really good and it's worth watching. So this is all just my personal stuff. And I have to say, people really should take (laughs) me dropping dramas with a grain of salt because, um, If I'm watching, sometimes I get excited and I watch too many at once and something just has to give. And sometimes I could be watching like eight amazing dramas, but I can't watch eight dramas. I mean, I try, I try all the time, but it's really fucking hard to actually coherently watch eight dramas and therefore something just has to go. And that means it'll be whatever I'm slightly less interested in than something else, but it might not actually mean that that drama is not good or that I should drop it. And I have to say, I feel like this has happened quite a few times in 2021 where I've overloaded myself and something has slid off my pile. And in hindsight, I'm like, oh, I fucking wish I'd finished that. Like, that was actually good. It just wasn't the best thing I was watching right at that moment. So, you know, it suffered. So anyway, that was a huge big waffle about Sunbay, don't put on that lipstick, which 
There you go. The one thing that stood out for me about this drama is that fucking amazing title. Best title of the year, I have to say. Wow. Brilliant. Absolute brilliance. Also, it looked good. Everyone's pretty. I think it's good, but but maybe not good enough for me to keep watching, I suppose. <laughs> All right, I'm going to stop talking. Okay, so next on my 2021 review of K-drama list is River Where the Moon Rises. So River Where the Moon Rises is a 20-episode historical. It is set way back in Korean history. Like most K-drama historicals tend to be kind of Joseon or maybe a little bit of Goyo. Uh, this is Gokoro which is like old Goyo, basically, I think that translates as. And it was, I would say, my most anticipated release of the year. Uh, it came out in February 2021 um, because I fucking love historicals and I just... I love them. I love them so much. Like Korean historicals. They're so good. They're so sweeping. They're epic. They're romantic. And this is literally a story that is based on a very famous um, kind of folk tale of, you know, in Korean history about an ambitious princess who marries, you know, the original folk tale is she marries an idiot warrior who's the best warrior in the world, but like a bit of an idiot and apparently in the original folktale is supposed to be very not handsome but of course they've updated that in the in this version where he's extremely handsome um and so I was so excited like historical danger assassins princesses political coups warriors sweeping romance like those are ingredients that work for me. So the drama started and I was like, this is great. I love it. Everything's great. Oh, it also stars my favorite Korean actress, actually just my favorite actress in general in the whole world, Kim Sohyun, who I adore. I think she's amazing and she's amazing in this. So all the ingredients were perfect. I was so excited. And then and then there was a scandal and the male lead, Jisoo, was removed from the drama after six episodes. They had about one episode where there just wasn't, like he just got cut and then they recast him. Luckily for me, I really liked the actor that got recast, which is Nanu, who had just come off the back of Mr. Queen playing the second male lead. And I super, super noticed him in that. I loved him in that. So I was like, I don't love that they're swapping out the male lead. Look, and like, you know, this isn't me talking about scandals. I don't want to have, I don't really, I try not to get into that stuff. Like, but it's upsetting. <laughs> I just don't like it. I like thinking, I, I don't know. I just like to imagine that every actor is an actress is wonderful and amazing. And I don't think of them, you know, if you're a fan, you only think of them as real people in a very abstract way. Like they're characters in my mind. They're characters that I've seen playing different roles, I guess. And it's the characters that I get so kind of, um, you know, invested in, I suppose. Like, I don't know if that makes sense, but sometimes delving into the personal lives of celebrities just makes me feel sad because you just hope everyone's a good person, but you have no control. And if you love someone, it's sad. And, you know, all these kind of things are complicated too. Fame is complicated. Calling out people on the internet is complicated. And, you know, I don't know. I don't want to have opinions on all this stuff. It's just, it was really, I guess I was really sad. I, it was, you know, just from a a drama fan point of view and not commentating on all the other shit that happened with this drama. It was just a drama that I was excited for. And I, you know, when they 
talked about, obviously, they're, they're cutting Jisoo and firing him and pulling him out. And again, Jisoo was a, he's an actor that I'd loved for a long time and I was really excited about his casting in this. Um, and I've got no comment on, you know, him being removed or all that kind of stuff. But just from a fan of this drama who'd been excited about this drama, I was like, how the fuck is this going to work? It's just not going to be a good show anymore. And, you know, it was a good show and that... I guess would be my miracle of 2021. I don't know how this show survived such a tumultuous production period. I just do not know how they all pulled it together. I felt so sorry for everyone involved. Like, you know, just the immense level of hard work into a project that they'd already poured their hearts into that just looked like it was destined to fail because of reasons outside of their hands and yet it is still a good drama and it's still worth watching and it's still a coherent and quite incredible show I think you know I was obsessed. Um, I waited every week for the new episodes, watched it as it was airing, and I loved it. So River Where the Moon Rises, did I say? It's 20 episodes, historical. Um, it stars Kim So Hyun, who is my favorite. She's so good. She's amazing in this. Um, she plays a princess, and also, you know, sometimes she's an assassin, and she's just generally very cool. Um, and she is from many, many dramas. She's from Love Alarm, which is a 2021 drama. She is from... Oh, the season two came out in 2021. Um, she's from Who Are You? 2000 School 2015, which is an old school drama. It's not that old. It's from 2015. It's really good. I love it. It's like a teen mellow, like with Namju Hyok, and it's a little bit, you know, romancy and mystery and bullies. And it's just like, that's actually a really, really good drama if, if you're in the mood for a good old school drama anyway uh she's great i love her um so it also stars nanu who like i said came off the back of mr queen and he is really good in this like he just walked into i think the shittest situation like everyone watching to see what he was gonna do and if he was gonna be awful and everyone i think expecting him to be awful and then he just did a fucking great job and the sh the show worked it works as a drama which how did that even happen i don't know uh, so second male lead is played by Yi Ji-hoon and then the second female lead is Che Yu-hwa. Um, so yeah, overall, what a miracle that it worked. Um, it's funny, like it's been a while since I've seen it and I don't think it's perfect. I don't know, like, you know, partly that's because I watched it as it aired. So there was literally a male lead swap and he disappears for a whole episode. And it's a little bit like it's a bit clunky, but it's not clunky for long. Like it's clunky for about one episode or an episode and a half. And I can't believe that they did so well with all this stuff. Um, The romance was really good. It was really, really touching. And I think if you like historicals, you should watch it. It's really good. And of course, if you do watch it now, they've refilmed the first six episodes with Nanu playing the male lead. So you can just watch the whole thing as you know a drama without all of the added behind the scenes drama, which is good. Um, so yeah, I have like weird mixed feelings around it. And I think it won't be my, you know, it wouldn't be a favorite of the year because I loved it. I loved watching it, but I had a lot of stress. <laughs> I feel like anyone who's a K-drama fan, I'm sure you guys have all experienced this stuff. There's so much up and down with all the celebrity. Like if you love people, there's just up and down with that kind of stuff. And, you know, you feel silly getting upset about stuff with your dramas if they, 
you know, stuff like this happens, I guess. But I did. It was really stressful and I was really sad and upset and weird. And I felt really weird. And so, yeah, I guess there are these these weird emotional feelings tied up in this show. For me, it's hard to think about the show without thinking about that side of it, which felt really uncomfortable. And I felt really conflicted about so many things. Um, but anyway, I think that this show is great and it's definitely worth watching. Um, unfortunately, you know, if I get to the end of my little chat on, you know, River Where the Moon Rises and I, I think about the one thing that stood out for me when I think about this show, unfortunately, it's all the shit that happened and the male lead swap. And that's what I think about. And I think... I think I probably would have, you know, it, obviously if all the drama hadn't been attached to it and all this behind the scenes stuff, then maybe I would have loved it more. But in saying that, Nanu did an amazing job. He's so good in it. And thank goodness that he did do such a good job so I could continue to watch this drama that I really, really loved. And that my poor favorite actress, Kim So Hyun, was able to, you know, finish the drama and create a wonderful show. So anyway, that's all I'm going to say on the river where the moon rises. Um, but if you like historicals, it's, it's so worth your time. It's a beautiful show, really beautiful and moving and sweepingly romantic and cool action. And now I'm thinking about it. There's so many cool things about this show. It was really, really good fun. All right. That's it. Bye. So I forgot to say that I do have a whole podcast episode on River Where the Moon Rises. And the next one on my list is Scripting Your Destiny, which was like a, a web drama, I think. Only 10 episodes came out in March 2021. Uh, and Scripting Your Destiny, I also have a whole episode in the past on the podcast. Um, I'm blathering on about it, most likely. Um, so this one is a Sawuni short um, supernatural, supernatural drama. Yeah, like fantasy. It's a fantasy romance that's what I'm trying to say it's a fantasy romance it is good and it's cute and I really liked it it stars uh John Sony who I thought was amazing uh the actress and Ki Gido Hoon Gido Hoon hmm. yeah uh I'd seen him in I think he plays like a real minor sort of side character warrior masked dude in Arthdal Chronicles and she I don't think I'd seen her before can't remember um but really liked her this one is I just wish it was longer, to be honest. The idea is fantastic. Basically, um, the whole thing is about there's gods and they write down people's fates. And then this particular god of fate is writing his most perfect life ever, which is this dude. So he wants to introduce this dude back to his first love and write a perfect romance. But um, he doesn't really know how to do that. So he steals someone's work and meets her. And obviously they end up falling in love. And it seems pretty like, you know, there's gods and stuff running around, but it still seems pretty straightforward at the start. And then everything just gets flipped on its head and it's got like all these deeper levels to the whole story, um, like, you know, past meetings and lore and um, just, yeah, I don't know, the, the kind of um, mythology, I suppose, that's created in the show is so interesting. I found at the start it kind of like I don't know, it just felt like really fast, like almost like scenes were missing is really quick, like almost whiplashy, but their banter as they fall in love is great. You know, he's very emotionless, but eventually that starts coming through. Um, so the romance was really good. And I actually, I loved everything about this. It is, it does feel short though. Like it feels, I can't remember how long the episodes were. Maybe they're, they're not full length, I feel. I think maybe they're half an hour or something. Um, but it does feel like, 
like it could have been 16 episodes easy like it's a great concept so good um so yeah uh one thing that stood out why the fuck wasn't this longer (laughs) i wanted it full length i wanted 16 full episodes and everything else i just would have been all over it it's um it was great. So that's Scripting Your Destiny. I think that one's well worth a watch if you've got a spare memento. <laughs> so next on my list is So I Married an Anti-Fan, which I also have a, you know, full episode on. So this drama is like, it's so old school. It feels so throwback. It's tropey as fuck. It's a rom-com. It's from, oh, 16 episodes. <laughs> 16 episode, just silly, fluffy rom-com um, from April 2021. So I married an anti-fan. So this one stars uh, the actor Che Tae-jun. So or Che Tae-jun. Who knows how? I can't pronounce Choi. Choi. Che. Anyway, doesn't matter. It probably matters. It's his name. I'm sorry. Choi Tae-jun. <laughs> I'm trying my best. Um, so he is, he plays the second male lead in Suspicious Partner and is in other stuff. And, you know, not to get gossipy on you all or anything, but um, I like, I like positive gossip. Um, it's not really gossip. So he's getting married to Park Shin-hae and they're having a baby together. And I was like, wow, that's so nice. <laughs> So that's fun news. Um, and it also stars the actress Suyong, who I think is great. She's so good. Um, she is, what else is she in? Sorry, I should have checked before I started recording, but I didn't. Um, I liked her so much in this. Ah, she's from Girls' Generation, that's right. I knew there was something very surprising about her that I didn't know. And she's in other stuff that people have probably seen, but nothing that I have seen, as it turns out. Um, this drama is... Oh, look, it's such a funny one. I like, I can't be, I can't say to you like, oh, this drama was really good. I don't know if it was really good. It's so tropey and silly and fluffy. I had so much fun watching this show. I just enjoyed it so much. <laughs> so basically uh, we have, you know, our main male lead, um, Trey Tae-jun, who's playing, you know, the number one pop star, K-pop star in the whole world. And he has this fucking hilarious song that they keep making him sing all the time and I was like this song's really bad but whatever so he's a really famous a k-pop man um and just generally like world famous and uh she Suyong plays a character that I don't know was she like a journalist and then they kind of fall in together and she just gets humiliated over and over and over which is really awful and everyone just you know because they love him they hate her and then she ends up kind of getting roped into doing a reality tv show where they have to pretend that they're married and um you know obviously through this they start to understand each other and it's a real like hate to love kind of show which i have to say when it comes to personal taste for um you know love stories in general hate to love like bickering to romance like bloody hell i love it i will watch that over and over again i adore it um so yeah this one's just so silly and fluffy and yet I found my heart fluttering I found there's some kiss scenes I was like whoa like really nice really romantic very swoony I really really liked the characters like I actually cared about them and wanted them to get together Uh, I have to say the second male lead and the second female lead 
are so fucking bonkers that I don't even know what to say about them. They're so crazy. I don't even know what was happening in their storylines. And I feel like the joy of this show was the romance, the chemistry between the leads. They just carry it. I just loved them. And then, you know, every time they're on screen, you're like, oh, this is so good. Like, but, you know, good as in like cheesy as fuck good. And then it moves over to the second male lead and the second female lead. And you're just watching kind of like with your mouth open. You know that like so bad it's good kind of watching. And you're just like, what? the fuck is this? Like, I don't even know, but I'm riveted and can't look away because it's an absolute train wreck. Um, I really enjoyed this one. <laughs> yeah, it was really fun. Uh, I just think the romance was actually really swoony and I really liked it. And it's, it was all, I guess it's tropes that I like, you know, ingredients that I enjoyed. So there you go. Um, so the one thing that stood out for me I just got to say probably just the chemistry and some of the kiss scenes and just the chemistry between them was actually like, you know, seeing them move from hating each other to, you know, getting to a point where they kiss is fun. I really enjoyed it. The low point was when they, for me, <laughs> other than all the mad shit with the second male lead and second female lead, the other low point for me was when they start filming this reality wedding show um, they clean the house a lot and I got really bored watching them clean the house a lot. It was very boring and I liked all the other parts of the drama more than watching them do that for a really long length of time. Um, but that would be my only true complaint. Uh, so I think I said I do have a whole episode on this one back in the podcast. And so that's it for me for So I Married an Anti-Fan from April 2021. Alright, so changing changing the tone up now from the silliest drama of the year to the most heartbreaking drama of the year, I want to say. Um, so Youth of May came out in May 2021. This one is a 12-episode mellow romance, but it is set in a particularly, and well, a very tragic time in sort of modern Korean history. So May 1980, during the Gwangju uprising in which a lot of civilians died, like a really awful time in kind of, you know, more recent Korean history. Um, very full on, really full on drama. Um, so this one stars uh, the actor Ido Hyun. Uh, Ido Hyun, I first saw him as the second male lead in... Um, What's that? What's that drama? <laughs> I keep wanting to say the wrong name. The gothic one about the hotel. Hotel de Luna. That's the one with IU. He's the second male lead in that. He stole my heart in, in, in Hotel de Luna. He's so good. Uh, it also stars Go Min-shi, who... Oh, I like her. Go Min-shi. She is in Love Alarm. She plays a little screaming lady in that. Didn't, didn't love that role. Um, she's also plays the sister um, in Sweet Home, which she was really good in. Um, and she's also got a role at the moment, uh, or yeah, as I record this in Jiri-san, which is another 2021 drama. She's got a side role. I really, really like Go Min-shi. I think she's extremely likable. Uh, this one also uh, has second male lead is Lee Sung-yi. This was my first time seeing the actor Lee Sung-yi and he since also had the second male lead role in the second male role whatever, in Hometown Cha-Cha-Cha. So he's very good, very charming. And also an actress called Gum Se-Rok, 
who plays the second female lead. And I really, really liked her in this one. I can see she's had a few other roles, but not anything that I've seen her in so far. Um, the reason I watched this is because I'm interested in history and I guess modern Korean history I know a lot less about than Joseon history, really. And I don't know, I like mellow romances as well, even though they frighten me because you are not guaranteed a happy ending in a mellow romance. Um, which is why they're melodramas, I suppose. Um, this drama was interesting. It's, you know, he's a student, she's a nurse. It's set in Gwangju in the lead up, basically, I think a month um, in the lead up to the real life Gwangju uprising. And it's, you know, it's just very romantic. It starts off really as a romance and we've got, um, you know, the main male lead, Lee Do-hyun, sort of gets forced to go on a blind date and he doesn't want to, but it's like a family match that would be good politically for his family. So he gets forced to go because of reasons. And of course, when he's there, he meets, you know, Go Min-shi, our female lead, who's been sort of talked into going on behalf of the real girl who was meant to go, which was the second female lead. And Go Min-shi has been offered money to be there. And she's, you know, very poor and needs money because she has big dreams. And basically, she tries to just be completely whack at the dinner and tries to like kind of get Ido Han to not like her, which of course makes him like her more. And eventually, you know, huge push and pull. They're from different sort of stations in life. He has some pretty seriously complicated family background and so does she actually. Um, but they end up falling in love against all the odds. And then the Guangzhou uprising happens and stuff gets fucking intense it's really really full-on um i do have a whole episode on this and i you know this isn't something i knew anything about the history about which is why i wanted to watch it and you know it's not like i know much at all but i did a little bit of sort of reading that i talk about a little bit about the history around just I guess, context around the setting in my episode, um, just because I guess I wanted to understand a little bit more about what was going on and why things were like that, because, you know, 1980 is not that long ago, and we're talking like martial law and curfews and, you know, guns turned on students and really scary stuff. Um, and yeah, very recent memory for a lot of people in Korea. So yeah, very I want to say sensitive stuff as well because it is so recent, which I presume is why there is less dramas um, about all this kind of stuff. And I guess there's been a lot of um, talking to a Korean friend recently, a lot of censorship around these kinds of stories because politically, I guess certain parties in Korea still kind of say these things didn't happen, um, which is very upsetting, I guess, for a lot of Korean people who, you know, have living memory of these things happening, um, like, you know, my friend who I was talking to about it, so, um, or who was talking to me about it, I should say. So yeah, anyway, um, this drama is really, really good. It's incredible on many levels, and I guess is, you know, it's a romance mellow that's done really well, is really moving, is really beautiful, but I think it is also... I mean, look, I'm not Korean, I'm from outside Korea, but as far as I could see, my thoughts on it was that it did seem like a very sensitive homage to something truly awful that happened in recent, you know, Korean history, um, and that it's 
kind of trying to use, I think, the emotion of the drama to to give you at least, you know, some tiny semblance of an idea of what happened. And it certainly worked for me. I sobbed a lot. This drama made me cry, like, a lot. I think I spent the whole last two episodes just sobbing. I was exhausted when it finished. But... And it's hard, you, know, you hear that and you're like, I don't want to watch this drama, it's going to make me sad. It is going to make you sad, but it's a beautiful drama. It's really well done. It's very moving. And, you know, the start has cute stuff as well. It's just that it gets darker as it progresses into focusing more on the history and what happened. Um, but I think it's good to understand these things too. You know, if you, like me, you love K-dramas, you know, I, I love them. I'm so interested in K-dramas, which has made me interested in history and made me interested in culture and language and understanding a bit more about the country that produces this, you know, media that I love so much. And I feel like maybe watching a drama like this feels a bit like watching a, a missing piece, like, or just adding a piece into my understanding of career, I suppose. And, you know, I don't know. I don't know anything. Like, I only just did a little bit of reading on the history, so was, I'm definitely no expert, but... I thought this drama was really good. I thought it was really beautiful. And I can't imagine anyone who watched it wasn't moved by it, I, I think. And probably, like me, sobbed at the end. So that's all I'll say on Youth of May. Um, I did say, I think, I have an episode on this one. If you want to delve in deeper to that, uh, you can. Um, all right, that's it. Youth of May. Over. <laughs> or something. <laughs> So the next K-drama on my list uh, also came out in May and is called Imitation. Uh, so Imitation is a 12-episode drama. It is a kind of K-pop music drama. Um, I Why did I watch this one? It's really weird. I didn't know anyone who was in it. Um, it is absolutely chockers with K-pop stars, some very, very famous K-pop stars. Um, but I, and as I've mentioned before on the podcast, I'm, I, I'm a K-drama fan, but I haven't really crossed that divide into K-pop. So I don't really know a lot of, um, you know, K-pop idols and people, but this one's, I'm sure, you know, a lot of listeners would. Um, but I watched it because I love music dramas. I think they're really fun. Um, and you know, my, my very first ever drama was Dream High, which I loved so much that it got me into K-drama. And this one in a way kind of feels like a, you know, a new version or not exactly because Dream High is set in a school, but you know what I mean? Like dealing with a lot of this, you know, young people and dreams and stardom and songs and music and dancing, all this kind of shit, dance stuff, music stuff. Basically, that's all I need. And then I'm there. <laughs> that's why I watched it. Um, so this one was different to what I expected. Um, I ended up really loving it. I feel personally that at the very end, like maybe the last episode and a half just wasn't, you know, it wasn't exactly what I wanted it to be. But even so, I loved the show so much that even when I think about it now, I have such warm feelings about it. Um, and it was like a little bit deeper and darker and more emotional than I expected. And maybe that's because I'd 
like recently been watching So I Married the Anti-Fan, which is also about K-pop stardom. Um, and I was expecting, you know, more silly, fluffy vibe kind of vibes. And then I came into this and it's like, you know, it's it's more like what's the underbelly and what does that do to you if you can't achieve your dreams? And what does that do to you if you can achieve your dreams? But what do you want to do next? Um, so I really liked it. It's very shiny. It's a good looking show. There's heaps of singing and dancing and like everyone's beautiful in it, of course. Um, and, you know, for me, I have to say, like, this is the first Lee Jun uh, Young drama. Um, he, he plays the main character, Kwon Rock. Um, so Lee Jun Young is, you know, he's a pop star and he was also in that ridiculous fridge, intelligent fridge drama that I was talking to you guys about. But I went, you know, I watched Imitation. He's the main male lead. I was like, who the fuck is this? This guy is so handsome. It's insane. And then I was like, what else is he in? And then I went and watched a dumb drama about a fridge because of this guy. And this is apparently the kind of person that I am. <laughs> there you go. Anyway, he is fucking great in this. I loved him in it. Um, so he plays the male lead. The female lead is played by an actress called Jong Ji So, who I'd never seen before. But interestingly, since watching this, I recently started W Two Worlds Apart with Han Hyo Ju and Lee Jong Sok. Yeah, Lee Jong Sok. And this actress from Imitation, Jong Ji So, plays the teen version of the female lead in W Two Worlds Apart. So that was a fun little pickup. Um, so she grew on me. I didn't love her straight away in this drama, this actress, and I feel like this is because she had a stupid wig upon her head that looked very strange. And every time she was on screen, I was like, hmm, she looks strange. What's up with that thing upon her head? It was weird. It was really weird. Uh, I didn't understand it. Um, I do have a whole episode on this drama. Um, on my podcast where I delve in depth into the problem surrounding this woman's head. <laughs> but seriously, uh, after about two episodes, I became wig blind and no longer noticed that mad thing upon her head and ended up really, really liking her. I thought she was great. She's very sweet, very likable, very, very beautiful um, and really enjoyed it. I really, really liked this drama, um, particularly for me. I just loved the kind of the initial slow build of the romance was just like I adored it. I loved it so much. There's so much like tension in it and so much like oh, conflict, I suppose, because the two leads are at different stages of their career. You know, him, the male lead, Lee Jun-yong, is on top of the world to the point where he's achieved everything he could have ever dreamed of. And therefore, you know, what is life anymore? <laughs> you know, what do you want when you have everything? You begin to look for something different. And now, you know, he's turning away from fame and fortune because he has it and he's looking for something with a bit more substance and falling in love for the first time. And obviously for her, uh, the female lead, Jong Ji So, she's at the very beginning of her career. It's only just taking off. It's what she's worked so hard for her entire life. She wants it so badly that you know, falling in love right now is really bad timing, especially falling in love with a major K-pop star who has a legion of terrifying fans who want to basically murder any woman who looks at him for too long. <laughs> Ooh, scary stuff. Um, so yeah, it's great conflict. And I, I think the progression of their romance, like up until the point where they sort of get together is 
gold. Like I loved it. I loved it so much. I feel when they get together and, you know, break up and get together and break up, whatever. Like I was slightly less invested at that point other than at staring at the very beautiful Yi Chun Yong, who's so fucking handsome in this show. Like I couldn't believe it, uh, which is why I keep watching his dramas, even when, you know, they're not that great <laughs> or they're okay, whatever. So yeah, really interesting for me, like imitation. It wasn't perfect. I have super warm feelings about it. It was, I don't want to say it was one of my favorite of the year, just because I don't know if it was like, it didn't, it didn't end perfectly for me. I didn't love the ending. Um, I did like it. Um, but I think that initial, like just the romance at the start, oh, fucking hell. I was just swooning all over the place. I loved it. I also loved all the dancing fucking love dancing in shows there should be more dancing everyone should just dance all the fucking time that would be great there's also like a million k-pop dudes and one lady three ladies anyway there's a lot of people in this and everyone's very cute and very nice and very great um so that's the general everything around this show imitation but the one thing that stood out for me <laughs> look this was a show where i discovered Lee Jun Yong. Like, there's no going back from that. So that's what I'll forever think about when I think of imitation. I'll be like, yeah, that was the one where I saw his face, his handsome face. There you go. I'm a shallow lady. What can I say? It's just a big draw for K-dramas, isn't it? So many handsome people. What can you do? What can you do? I can't do anything. I just got to watch more. <laughs> that's all I can do. So I'm going to stop talking about imitation now and also Lee Jun Yong's face. Although I feel like I might talk about that again in a bit because there's another drama that he was in this year. <laughs> so, oh my gosh, look forward to that, maybe. Uh, so I do have a whole episode on imitation where I <laughs> waffle on at length about certain things. Who knows what? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> So next up, we have the youth college age drama, which I think was maybe a web drama. This one was short as well. It's only 12 episodes called At a Distance, Spring is Green. Again, I have a big old episode where I, whoa, do I waffle on at length about this show for some reason. I really do. So this one came out in June 2021, 12 episodes. It is a youth romance, you know, coming of age drama. That's what it is. I think it's based on a web web thing webcomic yes that's correct so why did I watch this show look <laughs> it's really embarrassing like um now like when you're doing it all at once you're going through every single drama you watched all year and you keep asking why did I watch this show and every single time practically it's like because there was some handsome dude in it like <sighs> It's a bit embarrassing. <laughs> I feel like normally I lie to myself and I'm like, I watched it because I want to know more about history or, you know, the impeccable writing and acting. But realistically, it's probably because of a handsome dude. <laughs> Fuck. All right. Anyway, I'll just own it. It's true. This is how it is. Uh, so the handsome dude in question <laughs> this time for the K-drama At A Distance Spring Is Green would be the actor Ben Hyok. Ben Hyok is one of, wait, do I have three 2021 handsome man discoveries? Wow, I do. So that would be Nainu from Mr. Queen and River Where the Moon Rises. Um, so he was a handsome man discovery for me this year. The second one would, of course, be Lee Jun Yong and his face from Imitation and other dumb dramas. Uh, and also the third one stand out for me would be the discovery of the actor Ben Hyok. So Ben Hyok is, you know, he's in this drama at a distance. Spring is green. 
But the first drama that I saw him in would be um, the K-drama, which I'm going to talk about soon, but I haven't yet. Um, My roommate is Agumiho. Uh, So he plays a second male lead in that. And I'm just going to be honest with you, his character in My Roommate is Agumiho is a bit of an asshole. He's no good. But I really liked him. I liked I liked the character and I liked the actor a lot. Like, I liked this actor so much that I was like, hmm, what else has this actor's face been in? And I went on a little discovery mission and I discovered that he was in a fucking crazy drama called Kiss Goblin, which I have an episode about. It's very fangirly, though, I warn you. (laughs) Uh, Where he, I don't know, he's a goblin that kisses people or some shit. And I was like, yep. I love this. This is great. I did. It was great. And he also was in this, At a Distance, Spring is Green. So I'd seen this drama floating around in K-drama land. I'd seen all the posters and I was unsure. I was uncertain that I wanted to watch it. And then a lovely listener did tell me that it was actually very good and that they really enjoyed it and they felt that I might enjoy it. And then I also, after that, I was like, hmm, maybe I should watch it. And I was looking into it a bit more and I was like, right. That's Banyok. He's in this. That's his face. Gotta watch it. So I did. And that's my story of how I'm a shallow woman. Uh, But anyway, I ended up really, really enjoying this show. I mean, I really enjoyed Banyok in it, but I loved his character. I thought his character was really, really fascinating. But I think I enjoyed this for quite different reasons to what I expected. So the whole story is basically set on a campus and it's mainly like the biggest sort of, I think, thing in it is really this friendship, this slowly developing friendship between these two boys. One of them is played by the actor Park Ji-hoon, who is in, not in stuff, he's a K-pop man, I believe, um, very beloved. He's really good in this, um, but you know, my heart is with Ben Hyok, so he was the best in this. <laughs> I can't help how I feel. Uh, and anyway, oh, and there's a romance as well with the female lead, Kang Mina. But I do feel like it's really this drama belongs to the two guys and their friendship is the heart of the drama. And the story really centers around, you know, Park Ji-hoon, the male leads. Um, he He's at college for the first time. He's kind of free from his very rich, stifling, suffocating, awful, horrible family that as the drama progresses, you begin to realize that there is some abuse in his family in the past, which is very scary. He has a lot of trauma around it. And he, it's like a character study, this show. It's such an interesting show. Um, It's very slow. It's very strange. But then I think from a writing and character point of view, I was just like, wow, this is, it's just interesting. So he's really rich and he uses money to make friends and he's popular and charming and he's nice, but he's nice with an agenda as in he does it so people love him because he's starved of affection at home and he wants everyone to love him. So then our male lead, Park Ji-hoon, meets Ben Hyok's character who is a poverty-stricken um, you know, dude who's working 20 million jobs, taking care of his family and trying to get himself through uni and he has no time for other people and he's cold and curt and doesn't care. Um, and the whole show is really just about Park Ji-hoon, our main, main male lead, being like, Ben Hyok, please be my best friend. I just want to be best friends with you. And Ben Hyok's like, dude, fuck off. And then that's the whole show, really. And then eventually they become bestest mates. And I don't know, in my opinion, probably should have just fallen in love because that's where it felt like it was going. But yeah, whatever. That's fine. Uh, I really liked it. I liked 
I liked the themes. I think, you know, if I think of the one thing that stood out other than Ben Hyok being in this and him being fantastic, uh, it would be the themes. It was really interesting to me, the idea of bridging the divide between, you know, someone who's so poor that they're living beyond like below the poverty line and someone who's so rich and and if they can be true friends and if they can trust each other and what that means and I liked it I really liked it it was really interesting in the end um so that was kind of an unexpected one for me um I think on how much I ended up enjoying it I think it's really slow it's a slow burn I really wasn't sure for the first two episodes but after that I started really getting into it um, and I think maybe you've got to be in the right mood because it is such a gentle, slow, quiet show. Like it's really just about character development, I suppose. So yeah, I guess that's all I'll say on At A Distance, Spring Is Green from 2021 Youth Campus Romance Drama. I think it's worth your time. Um, did I say I have an episode about it? Cause I do. Man, I think it's a really long one too, for some reason. There you go. Not for some reason. Of course it was. It was me. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm going to move on. I've got so many to cover. What am I going to do? Wow. This episode is actually going to take me all day to do. It's incredible. Um, but at least I'm just talking about drama. <laughs> it's not the worst way to spend my day, I suppose. Um... So the next one on my list came out in July. Uh, this K-drama is a fantasy romance, but it's set in contemporary times and it is called My Roommate is a Gumiho. Uh, this one was very, very popular show this year. I thought it was great. It was absolutely great. I loved it more than I expected. So this is a 16 episode drama uh, based on a webcomic and I... I wasn't like super crazy excited about this one, which is kind of interesting when I think back to it. Um, I saw everyone talking about how great it was. It was so good. Like, you know, it's really popular. And I was like, oh, yeah, whatever. Maybe I guess I'll give it a go. Um, the cast is Dung Kyung. Uh, so he's from the drama Come and Hug Me. And he's also in www and he's also in a billion other things he's in a lot of stuff this dude uh kill it he's also in that um he's in heaps of stuff so i like him i really like him i really loved him in come and hug me which is like a serial killer trauma drama mellow romance loved it loved him in that but i just haven't seen him in anything else that i've loved him as much and then i sometimes i have this thing where i'm like do I love the character or do I love the actor? Like, do I want to see this actor in other roles or do I just love this character? And I've had that a lot of times um, with actors and actresses where I'm like, I think it's just this character that I adore. Um, and I do, like, I really like Jung Kyung. If I see him cast in something, I'm like, yep, cool, that's great. He's, you know, he's a very good actor. He's a very handsome man. But I'm not, like, you know, crazy, you know. To, to a crazy fangirl level over him, which is probably good. You can't be a fangirl over absolutely everyone because you would just go nuts, I suppose. That might be too much like overload and I don't want to overload my heart. <laughs> what am I talking about? I don't know. So the female lead in this one, and this is where I found it really interesting. Uh, so this is Harry. So Harry is from uh, Reply 19, I don't know, 90, 90 80, some fucking thing. Who knows? One of them, one of them shows. I can never remember what each one is called. I've watched all of them and they, yeah. Anyway, so I did not love her in that reply one. And I feel like they just, because, and I've said this so many times, just because of the way that 
show was structured, I didn't get inside that character's head. And for some reason, because clearly this is the kind of person I am, I was like, I'm annoyed at this character, therefore I don't like this actress. Um, <laughs> I seem to do this all the time. Uh, and so I was, when I saw she was cast in this, I was like, yeah, you know, that looks cute. I guess it looks fun. Like, I guess I'll give it a go. Eh, Carrie, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about her. I started watching this and I was just like, holy shit, Carrie is the best thing I've ever seen. She is luminous in this. She is so funny. All these micro expressions all over her face. She is gorgeous. Like she's beautiful. The physical comedy of her in this drama and everything she does, like I was just charmed, like to the max. I was, she's so good. I loved her to the point where she's got a new drama coming out soon as I record this. And I cannot wait. I cannot wait to see this woman on my screen again. Like, she's so good. So that, that was really funny. Um, just amazing. Yeah, so I loved her. Um, so uh, what was I saying? I loved her. I guess that's what I was saying. <laughs> Uh, so then it's also got uh, Kang Hana, who is a, she plays the second female lead. I actually really, really enjoyed her in this drama because I've seen her over and over playing very cool, cold, elegant types. And she's quite funny in this. So that was fun. Um, and then, of course, the second male lead is Ben Hyuk. Um, and this was the drama where I discovered Ben Hyuk. And he plays, you know, the coolest dude on campus who swaggers in there and starts hitting on our female female lead who you know is extremely uninterested in him and rejects him within two seconds and he is just a right dick about it and very arrogant and a bit of an asshole and keeps trying to kind of pursue her and push himself on her in a slightly aggressive way but as I've discussed earlier in this episode I clearly have an issue about this um as in Sometimes I don't mind it. That's what the issue is. Um, but it's fantasy, so it's okay. And what I like when I'm watching romance, it's okay. It doesn't matter what it is. Um, I'm just trying to justify it to myself. He's very aggressive and arrogant, but I was just like, I love him. Uh, but I, I found his whole character really interesting and I liked the kind of role of, I guess, him going from this real, like, arrogant college guy who's very entrenched in this sort of, like, horrible boy culture of college to sort of realizing that he's a total dick and that he needs to be a different kind of human. So I really, really liked that. Um, but of course, what I liked the most in this drama was Harry, 100%. She was amazing, but also the actual story is very good. So this one is about a gumiho who's a roommate, obviously. So Jung Ki-yong plays the gumiho. He's really, really old, uh, but you know, He's young and handsome, you know what I mean? <laughs> and he meets Harry and she like, I don't know, he vomits up a little special golden bead thing and it goes inside Harry and it's sucking out her life force and they have to live together and they fall in love and it's funny and charming and very swoony and romantic. I really liked it. And Harry also has all these issues going on at college. You know, she's, she's at school. She's, um, trying to, you know, like, I guess there's all that kind of college coming of age elements as well as this big swoony supernatural romance. And it's also very funny. Um, particularly I think because Harry is just so lovable and likable and hilarious in this. So yeah, this one was great. It was a really, really fun drama. And I think it was really well made and it looked 
gorgeous and everyone in it is so gorgeous they have all these big close-ups of their big beautiful faces so it was really really fun uh so that is my roommate is a gumiho and i guess the i'm gonna say two things that stood out um other than just the general greatness and sweetiness and the joy that i had from watching this it was such an easy watch um but harry's just stood out massively like i cannot wait to see her on my screen again and of course, obviously, uh, the actor, the second male lead, Ben Hock, also stood out because I literally followed him around K-Drama Land and watched Kiss Goblin, which was fucking ridiculous, but also fucking amazing. <laughs> and also at a distance, spring is green because of his very, very handsome face and those handsome dimples that he has upon his handsome face. Uh, so that is my roommate, Izagumi Ho. And let's move on. So I've just realized <laughs> that I've been doing this for ages. Like it's nearly, it's been an hour and 20 minutes. And I think that that's one episode worth. And I still have a million dramas to cover from 2021 that I watched. And instead of like speeding up and doing a shit job, I think I will split this into two episodes. So part two of 2021 in review will be coming next week on Friday um, and I hope you tune back in then to listen to me continue to waffle on about all of these millions of dramas that I've seen uh, so before I go I just want to say a huge huge thank you to well first anyone who's listened this far in, in this crazy show uh, thank you so much for listening to my K-Drama podcast but a huge huge thank you to my Patreon supporters over on Patreon and particularly this week I want to say a massive, massive thank you to two new patrons, uh, to two new people that are supporting the show on Patreon. A huge thank you to Lee Turpin and AMD77. Thank you both so much. It's extremely lovely of you to support the show like you do. Um, it definitely, I love doing this. I love it. I love it. It takes up a lot of time and it's you know, it is a little bit tiring, but in a good way, because um, as you guys can imagine, I've been sitting in my house for the last, this is the second episode I just recorded. So for a little while, talking to myself for many hours about K-drama. <laughs> so, you know, I can't complain. Um, I really love talking about K-drama and I specifically love talking about K-drama to all of you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Um, it really means a lot and hopefully you'll tune back in next week or whatever what am i trying to say who knows i'm gonna go <laughs> all right um i'll continue on with this this mad waffle about 2021 next week hope everyone's having a lovely end of year time and enjoying yourself and keeping safe and doing some relaxing and of course watching loads and loads of k-drama all right bye everybody thank you for listening <laughs>